I don't think I've seen a sequel uh, since Godfather 2. I'm being serious. This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. All right, Rohan is here. All right, how you doing? I'm great, Greg. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Long time no see. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It, it has, yeah. I um, I've been reading, uh, enjoying your your Twitter uh, stuff lately <laughs> and all that. And is it his sports knowledge or his like you know like random life takes on Twitter? What are we talking about here? <laughs> I'm always into the random life takes. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so you understand what I'm saying that when a sandwich is cut slightly not perfectly in half and you eat the bigger half second it's like you're eating more sandwich you're, so you're you're cutting right to it here no pun intended <laughs> but but then when you eat the small half first you're not feeling like a little bit cheated or it's because the first half of the sandwich is is those the smaller half is half of an entirely different sandwich like you don't you just you're eating half a sandwich and then all of a sudden it's like whoa i got a bigger half this must be from a different sandwich it's just kind of how I always thought about it in my mind. Have you ever played the game where you're splitting a sandwich with someone and you're trying to make sure you get the bigger half? <laughs> Yo, oh, that my my entire life I've been playing that game. That, that that is a dangerous game. Like at least with my wife, I, it's like an accepted thing. Like daddy's getting the bigger half. You know, look at this gut. Look at this gut. I need to feed. <laughs> yeah, but, right, right. Uh, with like a friend, it's always <laughs> yeah. like it's like an unspoken thing. Like, oh, do you care which one? I'll take this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a friend, I'm willing to be more you know i'll take the smaller half oh, yeah. it's with my brother where i'm like if i'm not that's when it gets really competitive okay but but here's the question what what if and this could very easily happen what if the noticeably bigger half has noticeably less meat in it hmm. like the smaller half oh like it because sometimes it tapers off mm. at the end yes so just more bread this exactly. is not the, this is not the bigger half then this is the lesser half yeah no that's a good point it's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So, so when you're in, uh, when you're in the, the, the sub shop, do you ask them, could you please <clears throat> make the two sides a little bit off center? No, he doesn't. No, he's, I, I doesn't, I have, I don't, I doesn't, I don't, <laughs> but believe me that every time I get one cut perfectly in half in my mind, I'm thinking I should have asked them. <laughs> that's how that's how deranged I am because I've definitely I haven't considered asking them in the moment but anytime I get one that I don't know which half to start with in that moment I'm like I wish I'd ask them I think I like the bigger half first because I'm like worried that I'm not going to eat the whole second half and for some reason I feel better about leaving a smaller piece like I don't know what I'm doing there but I think I tend to go for the bigger half first I've I've never not eaten a full sandwich in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just scoff at wow. the idea. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. I respect it. That's true. You're, I mean, I'm deeply unhealthy, but yeah. I'm an appetizer yeah. guy. Mm. So I always like, I can't not have, I need a little something first. So have either of you guys ever engaged in, um, in anarchy by eating the sandwich? from the middle in other words eat it from one oh. end you eat it you hold you turn it yeah. you turn the sub exactly this is this is oh like a burrito like like the middle like i've seen someone do that with a burrito before That's it was like yeah, the most that. disturbing thing ever i the only time i'll do it if it's to kind of redistribute the toppings more evenly sometimes yeah. that helps there was a subway commercial or a burger king commercial where someone did that once 
and I feel like I'm the only person in the world who remembers it, but there's like a Burger King commercial <laughs> where someone turns the original chicken sandwich on its oh, side. I love that sandwich. Yeah, that's such a good sandwich. Yeah. When you were a kid, that was like the biggest sandwich in the world. Yes, it was. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, it's so good. And they turn it and eat it. And I'm like, that's how you're supposed to eat it? Like, what? That's crazy. Sometimes like the way like the the accoutrements to the sandwich are, are yes. overflowing out yes. of the sandwich, you can't pass up on this opportunity. You're like, this <laughs> yeah. is the perfect bite right there yeah. in the middle. I just, I have to sacrifice the rest of the sandwich for this one bite. Exactly. Well, I want to share my um, my big sandwich pet peeve. And I wonder if you guys have any. Particularly, you, you find this when you go to a deli. Welcome to the Greg Cody Show, by the way. Yeah, thank you oh, so much. Yeah. Uh, this is, this, to say this is a dream come true, I'm not even joking. Uh, first of all, congratulations to both of you. Like, I, I love, it's, I can't remember who I was talking to recently, but it was, you know, someone else from South Florida. And I mean, I just remember like 10 or 11 years ago, like, listening to the Libertard show every day, listening to when Greg was on and seeing what it is now, like, I don't even know how you'd begin to describe it to someone. It's crazy. Like you guys are killing it, man. I'm so happy for you guys. It is crazy how it's been a wild ride. Cody, I was just telling someone, I was in the car with a friend this morning and I was telling him I was doing this and he's like, oh, that's so cool. Um, and I was like, yeah. And I was like, I, uh, Chris, your dad, when I was a Herald intern, we were sitting next to each other in the Marlins game. And I was telling him, I was like, oh, I love when you're on the show. It's so much fun. And he's like, why don't you come down to the studio tomorrow? And I was like, are you serious? That's like to this day in terms of like. I remember that. Was I there? I think I remember that. Yeah. No, 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 no. This was really back in the day. This was like 2011. Yeah, yeah. Because this was like the old, old, like tiny studio. The sad, I was there at the very end of that. I've seen that sad studio. Not that it's sad, but like it's it was right next to like the Pleasure Emporium. Yes, yes. And to this day. To this day, like in terms of like cool things I've gotten to do because of this industry, that's right at the top for me, you know? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to do stuff like that. And, and you've blown up. I mean, you're, you're doing great now. You're, you're uh, a writer, mm -hmm. uh, NBA writer, right? For uh, that's right. Sports Illustrated. Um, what are, are you going to introduce him or do people just need to see it? And I mean, everyone knows who he is, but I'm just saying like, you know, I just like the tea. I like to tease my dad <laughs> about not setting up the show. We, we were going to introduce him. Uh, in, in the intro and everything. So mm -hmm. by the time you're listening to this, he will have already been introduced. <laughs> we just jumped. We jumped right into oh, sandwiches. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is the start of the show, Dad. Yeah, it is. Well, that's the start of the show. Like, um, this <laughs> no, Rohan, not Carney, was uh, uh, you were an intern, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. And, and when were you an intern from when to when at the Miami Herald? It was the summer of 2012, which was when I started and I interned that entire summer. And then I was like kind of on and off freelancing, doing some stuff for the Herald for the next couple of years. So, but that summer was when you and I, we, we read, a, I remember we read a few Marlins games and some heat stuff together. So that was when we really, that was when we met, but right. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, I remember those days. And, um, I remember, uh, back in the day, uh, when I used to smoke cigars way too much, way too much cigar smoking. Uh, I was going to say, did you, I hope you didn't stop entirely. Well, I, I not entirely. I, you know what? I probably mm. smoke two cigars a year now. Um, oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah, Cause I had uh, in, in late 2018, I had pretty major surgery and, mm. and um, it's a long issue and blah, blah, blah. And of course so, uh, he's old. He's yeah. old. Uh, Chris, do, are you like Alicia. Chris? How aware are you of the uh, the cigar smoking culture at the Miami Herald? 
in the in the two thousand? Uh, not very aware. I mean, I know, I know that, I know that you two have like met up for cigars, but I didn't know that it was like a, a herald wide thing. Okay, so first of all, one of the days I went to the office, the old sports editor, who I think safe to say, Greg and I both love George Rojas, an absolute right. legend in the Miami media scene. He taught me how to order Cuban cigars illegally online. <laughs> he like walked me through the whole process. Then he's like, let me show you something. And he walked me to the, his car and pulled out this like unmarked white envelope. And he's like, these are my Cubans. Um, uh, your, dad, your dad was like, do you smoke cigars? And I was like, yeah, of course. Never smoked a cigar in my life. I was going to yeah. say, that's a heady play by you. Yes. You just got to yeah. act like you're ready. Yeah, you got to like, fit in there. You got to fit in. I had never smoked a cigar in my life. And we met up and smoked a cigar. I had to sit in my car for 30 minutes after because i couldn't go home <laughs> i couldn't drive home right away yeah wow i don't think i ever knew that yeah yeah no that's true <laughs> i assume that when we met for cigars you were like a a young veteran uh smoker <laughs> no, no. see look the man's drinking coffee right now like next time just meet up for coffee right it's more your both of your speeds now i'd say i think so that sounds about right, right. well i uh, i have my coffee <laughs> right now adorned with the so, greg cody show podcast decal so about that look at that so, uh, looking good so we're good oh god so, that you're self-promoting <laughs> I mean, no I way the decal um yeah. rohan I want to know, though, about these, because my dad is notorious, like, we make fun of him all the time on this show for being just, just being very socially awkward. I'm well aware. <laughs> so I want you to give me the good stuff. He doesn't mm-hmm. care. Make him feel awkward. I, was my dad ever, like, just, like, a, an old man, a, like, awkward in front of you? I, you know, this is, I really hate to, like, embarrass both of you like this, but I was such a journalism <laughs> nerd in the early 2010s that I was like, I'm hanging out with Greg Cody, like, this is so cool. I, I will say that he was also, like, I would say he was known at, like, the cigar bar we'd go to. First of all, every time we went there, we were the only two people in there. We went, we went there probably. <laughs> That's why it's no long, it's no longer with us, by the way. Yeah, it no longer opened. We probably went there, we probably went there three or four times over the course of three or four years. Like they were like, oh, like Mr. Like he was on like a welcome back status. And then obviously like, you know, in journalism context, like when we were, I remember we were sitting at that Marlins game. Like he was by (laughs) far, including the players on the field, the most important at that, (laughs) most important person at that Marlins game. (laughs) Um, So it's funny because I only ever saw him in the context of like him being Greg Cody, you know, this guy who's been around Miami for so long, which which is why I especially get a kick out of the show. This is why my dad right now is thinking, see, if it wasn't for this damn show, I would have some respect. People <laughs> yeah, respected exactly, me before exactly. this show. <laughs> Look what this show and the Levitard show have done to me. Yeah, it, it's a sacrifice. No question about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've. It started with... But, Dad, you are who you are. Dad, you are who you are. (laughs) It is what it is, as another famous person once said. Um, But the the whole hard network out thing began to paint me as as this doofus who just yeah it's just the heart just the hard network out yep that's it that's all it was well i mean yes <laughs> it's you know it's worth it, it it's a it's a yin and a yang whatever that expression is <laughs> pays the bills it pays the bills. it does pay the bills so rohan um tell us what you're up to now do you travel a lot um on this nba beat uh, every now and then, I mean, obviously, uh, since the pandemic started, that has been a little bit different. I, I'm, I'm very fortunate, you know, in my job. I just want to say once again, in all seriousness, the respect I have for, you know, it, back in the day, it wasn't just Greg; it was Dan Lebertard. I mean, those were my two people I would read every single day. I mean, literally come home from middle school, go on, 
uh, the Herald's website and see if Dan and Greg had written anything. You know, Greg, I'd read his blog every day. Um, huge inspirations for my writing. And I like can't stress enough how much respect and admiration and love I have for local journalism. Not that you guys are just local guys, obviously, but how important it is. And the reason I bring that up is I'm very fortunate in that when I do travel, I really just get to parachute in somewhere. The red carpet has been laid out for me and I have three or four days. I know who I'm interviewing. I know when I'm interviewing them. I'm, I'm getting such great access and it's such a, a blessing to be part of Sports Illustrated for that. So I don't travel a ton. I'm not constantly moving around the country, but for me, I have the benefit of it. It gets to be very targeted. I know that I'm interviewing Chris Paul in Oklahoma City and I have five days there. And then, oh, I know I'm doing the Nuggets front office and I have four days in Denver. So for me, it's a it's not a lot of travel, but when I do it, it's it's kind of very focused and there's a lot on the docket. What's your process for like, okay, I got to write something this week. Like, are you checking Twitter? Are you just watching the game? Like, what's your... If you, if you don't have something that you really want to write, like what's your process for kind of figuring out what you want to write? That's a, a really good question. Cause is it, it is, I'm not going to pretend like I have a difficult job, but it is a little bit like, you know, you gotta, you want something fresh every week. You want, you don't want anyone to feel cheated if they read something. I think for me, it's a combination of what just sounds fun right now. Like if I don't have a great idea or I don't have a great motivation, like what just sounds yeah. fun right now? What's something that I would be literally having a conversation with one of my colleagues about? Like I wrote about, I think MVP candidates this week, which is not right. like groundbreaking stuff, but it was just something I've been talking about with other basketball people. Right. So that's a big part of it. But mostly it is Jimmy Butler, obviously high on that list. Right. He is. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so Jimmy Butler, incredible person. I, we can tell some Jimmy Butler stories later, but no, uh, Sorry to derail you. <laughs> but a lot of it is also like you mentioned, I'm just watching a lot and like what stood out to me. I saw something interesting. Can I back that up with stats? Can I back that up with interviews, et cetera? So, you know, it's a mix of a lot of things, but certainly a, a ton of it is just kind of watching and then seeing like, I noticed that. Is that a thing? Have you delved into the, one of the fun stories? I don't know if it qualifies as a fun story now that I think about it, but in Miami down here, the whole thing with uh, the the uh, evil uh, Jokic brothers versus uh, Markeith Morris and and his brother, uh, over what went on on the court. Actually, that like, let's put a bookmark right here. Oh, I have wow. I have a surprise for both of you, and I just want to like you know I want to do that real fast before we'll get back to that beef because okay. I actually do want to talk about that with Rohan. Rohan, where oh. did you get off voting <laughs> oh, for Greg go. Cody's pumpkin instead of mine? I have known you much longer. I thought we were friends. I was the first chair on the SI Union. That you voted for, and wow. you have the audacity wow. to get on Twitter and vote for Greg's wow. pumpkin. Yes, okay. shot out of a cannon. Jesus, how did this interloper get in my podcast security <laughs> with my podcast sergeant at arms? Here it is, my good friend Jess, who I never hear from apparently, unless it's about unless it's about a Twitter public poll. This is what it takes to get a face to face. With Jess Matana these days, you know. What are you talking about? You never text you know, me. You get you get one national uh, you get one national radio oh, wow. gig, and you forget all about your old friends. That is you ridiculous. get one DraftKings. <laughs> the DraftKings money hits the direct deposit. That's, right. um, <laughs> that's exactly listen, right. Friendship is a two way street, Rohan. <laughs> that's true. No, no, you're right. Listen, it's my fault because once I finished the Americans, I <laughs> you stopped talking to me. You I used know, me as someone to talk to about the Americans, and then you never texted me again. This is so messed up. Uh, listen, here's the way I look at it. You, you have 
a, a social media just army just waiting at, at your beck and call that I was like, someone's got to represent Cody in this poll. Thank you. Cody has a social media army at his yeah. beck and call. If you anything he tweets, literally anything he tweets, the replies are like, clicking it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, potting it. Yeah, potting it. Yeah. <laughs> Reporting it. it. It is. It is interesting. It is an interesting. Greg Cody tweeted an apology for his column a few weeks ago, and all of the replies <laughs> apologizing it. Oh god! <laughs> right. <laughs> Regretting it. Ending it. Regretting it. Also, in defense of Greg Cody's pumpkin, I thought it was very avant-garde. <laughs> Thank um, you. There was a knife sticking yes. out of it. If I, it was a good yeah. pumpkin. It just wasn't as good that. as mine. It was Greg. It was. <laughs> I was so impressed when you pulled the butcher's yeah. knife out. Yeah. Well, it was a steak knife. It wasn't a butcher's knife. Yeah. He planned on using a butcher's knife allegedly, but I the did. pumpkins were very small. Here's how I describe the difference between the two pumpkins. Yours was technically perfect. Okay, like no flaws. There's no debating that. Technically perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Go on. Um, the execution spectacular. <laughs> no question. Greg's just had a certain je ne sais quoi. I, I don't know. It just, you That's know, what you I was look going at for. it and it makes you want to, it makes you want to look at it again. Yes. Thank That's you. That's all it was. That's, and, That's uh, so kind. Yeah. How do you put that over mine then? If mine was technically perfect, mine should win if it's perfect. Yeah, it was too perfect. Didn't have any soul. That's true. Didn't have any soul. That's right. That is offensive to Angel Resto who designed <laughs> yeah. the logo for the Levitard and Friends wow. podcast network. <laughs> how can you, how can you describe why art moves you the way it does? Right. You know? Exactly. That's, that's how I ended up with the uh, great Cody's pumpkin. Rohan, I zoned out for a second because I texted our mutual friend Priya and said, hey, I'm about uh -oh. to go barrage Rohan on a podcast. Give me some ammo. And she replied with like, I'm not even kidding, like 15 messages. No way. Yeah. No way. That's oh, nice. there's, She's no dirt on me. I don't know what she mm. could possibly be. She said you want to be the speak now or forever hold your peace guy at her wedding. <laughs> That's true. I did threaten to object at her wedding. <laughs> <laughs> How much great. do I have to pay you to actually do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that much. Like six <laughs> drinks. Like six mojitos and I'll probably object at any Greg, you're uh, experienced with going to a lot of weddings. Have you ever seen someone yeah. object at a <laughs> wedding? I have not. No, I would love to. I oh. think that would be just a remarkable occurrence. Uh, You'd love to see it. Well, I, I feel like it would ruin the party. Why would you like to see I, that? I feel, nothing is good. Nothing good so, comes here's after my, that. Here's my plan, okay? And it's something I've used with women several times before in my life. Is I'm going to object, then read the room. And if it's really awkward, I'm just like, just kidding. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but if, mm. but maybe if I object and then some you know there's someone some else is like, like oh, yeah maybe. we didn't want to say it <laughs> exactly then then we'll we'll go with the flow so that's the game plan yeah I think the play is to clear it first with the bride and groom like the only three people in the room who know are the bride and groom and me <laughs> that I'm gonna be standing up in the next to last pew. Going, I object, Your Honor, or whoever the hell the judge is. I don't know. Your Honor. Yeah, I don't know. Your Honor. Whatever. Who's officiating this wedding? I don't know. Maybe it's Tony Correnti. Judge Judy. I think I think privately objecting kind of defeats the purpose of then doing it during the ceremony. No, it's, right. it's the amusement of the uh, the gathering. I see. I see. To Chris's point, though, like once you object, the open bar, like that's off the table, right? Yeah. Like it's it's bad for the people involved in the wedding. It's bad for everyone attending the wedding. Like it's just we we get it. Keep your thoughts to yourself. There's an open bar in an hour. Uh, that's that's a that's a fair point. By the way, 
I want to say one more thing on this pumpkin controversy. Uh, I I know that uh, it was close, right? It was close. What's the what were the final results, Dad? Did you no, win? I, in I any, won. In, there was no, every... but there was like I think there was like th- there was like two polls and then a clapping poll, and I think you were over three, right? So yeah. well, listen. And I see this is why I had to support the OG. Yeah, thank you. Just you just felt bad, Rohan. Um, right. To be technical and, and accurate, um, Steve Kornacki <laughs> has yet to call the result of that poll because the write-in ballots are not all in This thing again? This okay, but again. John King called it for me, okay. the CNN guy, whatever the his best, name is. The best were the oh, replies yeah. to Greg's yeah. feet that were like, his voters use vote by mail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like His voters aren't on the internet. Yeah, they use Pony his Express. voters are going to the polls, yeah. Uh, which was very popular. I wanted to tweet, stop the count, but I was worried that that would put me on like a weird part of Twitter that yeah, I didn't want to be on. Yeah. Didn't you, don't be on. Be, you definitely don't want to be on stop the count Twitter. Exactly. Exactly. But I am so gratified that I dominated the uh, the Instagram uh, poll. No, you didn't. Question. I won by by 10 percent. No, I, it was I re- 55 to 45. That's a 10 point win. <laughs> I'm talking. No, you're talking about the Twitter poll. Yeah, dad. That I did. No, I'm talking about Instagram. That's Juju Gotti. He sent it to you me. in any poll. Uh, well, I don't acknowledge. Uh, I want a recount. Uh, I demand a recount. As <laughs> yes. a matter of fact. OK, OK. While you're here, I've I have something that's been on my mind literally for years that I want to bring up. But let me get to it. Jess, I heard you went to Flanagan's for the first time recently. I did. Yeah, two weeks ago. I still haven't been to Flanny's. What? You've never been to Flanny's? No, 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 Flannies. no. I know. It's messed up. Ah. It's messed up. We should. I was going to say we should all go when I'm in Florida. Yes. Which, will be soon. which, which location do you want to go to? Because I know you guys are for you're all Broward people, right? Anyone. I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll come down. I'll, I'm Listen, in all seriousness, I'm in Florida for two weeks starting to November 18th. We'll all nice. get together. I'll, I'll, I'll Let's do it. Yes. Let's go. But Chris, I have a question for you. What's up? Do you feel like the guy on the Flanagan's logo, like, kind of looks like your dad? <laughs> oh, I mean, if my dad grew the full beard, because right? he has the name of a beard, he yes. has a beard. I mean, the, the head shape for sure. I have a Flanagan's hat around here somewhere that I'm like, in my mind, I've always been like, this looks like Greg Cody. Really? And a few times. <laughs> it does. Like, yes. People yes. on Twitter were saying that after we posted the picture of it to like non Flanny's people. They were like, is that Greg <laughs> yeah. Cody? Really? Yeah. Yes. I have never been told that in my life. Oh my That's God. Yeah. You kind of look Joe. like the Flanagan's it's Papa guy. Joe, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah, it is. He's gotten Jeffrey Loria. Uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Back in the day. Okay, that's not true. Yeah, you're like <laughs> two gods with George yeah. Clooney. No, I mean, it's true. I, I should bring on uh, as a guest the person who used to call me Tom Cruise. He's also the guy whose nickname for me was Greg Cutie. Okay. Because... Um, do you okay. do people want to look like Tom Cruise? I feel like he he had his heyday like 20 years ago. I know. Yeah. No, no. Tom he, that, Cruise My dad's been so saying that. I, I there was a recent nice. picture of him that was not very flattering. Yeah. Oh, it really? sure was. Okay. Yeah. Norm Donald, uh, McDonald vibes. Oh. Yeah, I think he's done the big <laughs> Tom, Botox thing or Tom. something. I don't know what's going on. Well, Rohan, I highly, highly encourage you to go to Flanagan's. Try I the will. ribs. Apparently, the rock and rib roll okay. is also really good. I didn't try that. Okay. The wings were excellent. The nachos, we did not get. We need to okay. go back together and try the nachos. All right, perfect. I'll, I'll hit you up when soon I'm in Florida. We'll do it. We'll make it happen. Sounds like a deal. All right. Wow. An yes. amicable uh, sure. ending. To Jessica's yeah. zone. And I'll beat your ass at Flanagan's. Yeah. I'm dumping a beer on your head. Yes. You're, You're dead to me. Pumpkin at me. Yeah. Yes. 
Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad that we cleared that up. I feel like I addressed my side. Je and listen, Jess, you won fair and square. Congrats. Thank you for acknowledging you that. Congratulations. Yeah. Dad, wait, does dad, no, dad no, doesn't acknowledge Greg, that. No, yeah. Greg will never. We're going to have to do it again next year. There's going to be a whole, th we're yeah, going to have to agree yeah. on terms. We didn't even really right. agree yes. how we were going to decide who won until after we finished carving the pumpkins. Then we were like, so now what? I know. <laughs> what can we do for Thanksgiving? Are we going to have like a Christmas tree decorating contest? Pie like, bake what's for off. Like, oh, pie bake mm. off. Oh, I like Someone's it. Someone's at a turkey carving competition. I would that do that. That sounds dangerous. Oh, 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 yeah. Let's bake Greg pie. already brought sounds one knife to work. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. Uh, what, what's your pie of choice, uh, Jess? We got to figure out what pie is uh, the pie off. Ooh. I I mean, I bake a, I've baked every type of pie. And I really that I, can't be okay, true. Not there every time, every Thanksgiving there. type of pie. <laughs> okay. I think yeah, pumpkin yeah. is good, but it's like it's just so simple and easy to make. Yeah. It's not really a challenge. I made a really That's good hybrid fun. pecan pie. It was like a pecan pumpkin pie one year. Oh, that was that really good. interesting. I liked that a lot. And last year I made a pumpkin tahini mousse pie. Oh, that sounds which really was good. really that good. I'm good. A, oh. I'm addicted to tahini. I yeah. like eat it by the yeah. spoonful. Yeah, put it on everything. That was really good. But the one thing that happened was you were supposed to like crush up Oreos to make the crust, but I couldn't find oh. gluten free Oreos, so I had to make my own oh. chocolate shortbread cookies. Wow. So it took like an extra like six hours to make, and it it was worth Ooh, it. It was go. so yeah. good. Highly recommend. Je yeah. Jess, I'm actually definitely going to be in touch because I'm baking a pie for the first time in my life oh. this Thanksgiving. So I'll, I'll be in touch for sure. I'm going to need help. Did you, were you assigned that for your Thanksgiving? <laughs> like you're like, hey, we I like to take on a new project. I I get to just go all out for Thanksgiving. My, you know, my ice, you know, I call for the ISO on the block. I, everyone's <laughs> out of the kitchen. Really? Yeah, I cooked the I cooked the entire meal almost. My mom definitely helps. She likes to help. She that's awesome. What happens is I come up with a menu, then she's like, you're doing too much work. So then she helps prep, but I like to do most of this. I do have one baking tip for Rohan since he's uh, uh, a novice baker. Um, the <laughs> okay. higher the oven temperature, the better. What you want to do is you want to bake it like 500 degrees for a long <laughs> period of time. So you make sure okay, it's done. Okay. Right, right. You don't want to. You don't want to undercooked apple pie. That's yeah. right. Good one, Dad. You want that shit crispy and charred. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Might as well put it on the grill. <laughs> the Maillard reaction. Yes, you need it for an apple pie. You know yeah. what? That's not a bad idea. Grilled pie. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. A smoke. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Exactly. Jess, I can't thank you enough thank for you, coming Jess. by the podcast. This has been fantastic. Yeah, Jess, uh, genuinely, it was so good to see your face. Oh, my God. This was lovely. Thank you. I miss you, Rohan. Yeah, I miss you, too. I'll hit you up when I'm in Florida. We'll get together. I always have tricks up my sleeve. Yeah, shout out to producer Chris. Yes. That is great producing. That is outstanding. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye, Jess. Bye. All right, tell us about the Jokic and Marcus Morphe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Boy, that came out of nowhere. More. What's your yes. reaction to that? Yeah. Look at that. That was that was great. That was so fun. Honestly, we missed yeah. Jess at SI, but she's killing. I mean, this is it. I'm so glad. I feel like she's found uh, the right home for her. Yeah. You know what? This is stupid on my part. It didn't even occur to me that you two were SI stable mates. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't even think of that. But uh, she's really fit in well with the Levitard show. And I mean that. Um, uh, I think the, the audience has really... Uh, embraced her and and I for think sure. she fits in well. I mean, I think it's it's great. um it's very strange for me because once again, you know, I've listened to the show for like over a decade. My brother, who like still listens to the show like religiously, he's like, oh, so like you know, you know, Jess. I'm like, yeah, like, um, 
it's but no it's very cool it's very fun to see and she gets put in tough spots where it's like speak for all women yes on this topic yes. <laughs> and it's like okay right. now everyone on twitter is going to be real nice about this so right. like everyone, you know. everyone in the boxes is looking at her like <laughs> <laughs> right yeah but she's uh she's done really well um i wanted to ask you one thing before we let you go rohan uh, about the heat um I was sort of um, iffy on the Kyle Lowry signing. I know that he was like maybe arguably the big free agent this past summer, but you know, I saw him as what does it look? What does it look like? What does it look like when you're iffy? You're just like, I'm is like, that like <laughs> I'm making this kind of a sound? You know, because to me, you know, to me, he's you know three, four seasons past his prime. I just wondered what he had to give and how he was going to fit in. And I wonder what your early thoughts are on, on how that's transpired. I mean, I think he's been, he's had a huge impact, uh, Greg. I mean, I don't want to necessarily bore everyone on your podcast to death with, you know, statistics and whatnot, but basically the heat have always been one of the slowest playing teams in the league under Eric Spolstra. When Kyle Lowry's on the floor, they play way faster uh, than they've ever played before. And what that means is they're shooting earlier in the shot clock. They're generating more possessions for themselves. And that's really important. Um, you know, if there's one, I think, big concern, you know, that Heat fans should have about this team, if you're wondering, can they compete for a championship, et cetera, in the playoffs, games typically slow down quite a bit. And your half-court offense becomes a lot more important. Right now, the Heat's half-court offense for the first 12 games of the season or so, struggling a lot. So that's an area of concern. And what Kyle Lowry does is he allows them to play more in the open court and less in the half court. So even, you know, he had a big scoring night against the Clippers on Thursday night. But even if he's not scoring, I think what he does in terms of getting Bam out of bio, easy shots inside the paint, getting Jimmy Butler, easy shots uh, inside the paint. He's having a huge impact in a way that doesn't necessarily reflect itself on the traditional box score. To that point, he helps, like, Goran Dragic didn't get over any screens. Mm -hmm. And Bam was always having to come out and, like, you know, help defensively. Now he gets over screens, and then Bam can kind of just sit back and hopefully be the defensive player of the year. For sure. Big impact on their defense. What's what's the NBA storyline that uh, is of most interest to you right now? I I know a lot of people are looking at the L.A. Lakers early struggles, and, and that's fascinating whenever you see... Is this, are we just literally starting, is LeBron finally human? Like, is this the first season where we're all saying to ourselves, okay, it's starting to happen? That's really what it feels like. And especially, you know, I I live in Los Angeles. Maybe you should write that. That'd be a cool thing. You should, you should be the first one to say it. I'd love to be the person to throw dirt on LeBron. Yeah, that'd be really good for that. I want the headline to be, it's starting to happen. (laughs) Here's, you know, especially living in Los Angeles, like I mentioned, I'm so sensitive to it. You know, I see it every day. The Lakers are definitely an incredible just kind of experiment. I do think last year in the playoffs was the first time I thought to myself when Giannis had that 50-point game in the finals or Durant had that 50-point game seven. I remember thinking to myself, could LeBron still do this on this level? Like, I think he can control a game, but can he score 50 on a night I need my best player to score 50? I will say – uh for me, the most interesting storyline is, in fact, the Warriors. They have the best net rating in the league. They don't have Clay Thompson back yet. I was really high on them going into the season, not to pat myself on the back. But to me, there's something like poetic and like narratively beautiful about a team. I- I'm comparing them. to They're like Arnold and Terminator 2. You know, in the first their first go around, it was like everyone was terrified of these people. 
And now all of a sudden they're like the good guy. You know what I mean? They're, they're coming back and it's like, Whoa, this team's like lovable and fun again. And they're a little older. They're not this, they're not the new sexy model. They're not the, they're not the liquid metal, but, uh, to me, there's something really cool about that team getting the gang back together and going for broke one last time. Dad, you haven't seen Terminator 2, have you? No. You haven't seen Terminator 2? <clears throat> no, when did that come out? <laughs> oh, oh, dude, we have, a, we have a movie segment on this podcast that's Greg Doesn't Know Movies where we just ask my dad but, but like, that the most was like, obvious questions. That's like not even from my time. Like My dad was like, you have to watch Terminator 2. This movie's incredible. And I was like eight years old and I was scared out of my mind. I was like, Terminator <laughs> could beat up my dad tonight and there's nothing we could do about it. Like Terminator 2 was like the biggest deal ever when it happened. I can't believe you didn't see it. I don't, I don't think I've seen a sequel um, since Godfather 2. I'm being serious. <laughs> okay, that's actually that's cool. We got our we got our cold open. We got our cold open. Yeah, actually that's cool. <laughs> and it was a good sequel too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, how do, how do we feel about Godfather 2 was the number 2, but most of the sequels are the 2 like a Roman numeral 2. Is that true? No, that's not true at all. I think Godfather that, 2 was a Roman simple. numeral. Are you sure? And I think yeah. And I think most movies are just two, too. Like like it's Yeah, like Terminator 2 was the number 2. <laughs> oh, so I mixed it up. Yeah, well, you got that completely backwards. Uh, you might have mixed that up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but but is that a controversy within the sequel industry? <laughs> the, the the Roman numeral versus the the number? I, I, you 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 had such a cool thing where you're like I haven't seen a yes. sequel since Godfather Two, and then you 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 rebounded that with like saying something one of the most nonsensical stuff I've ever heard said. You know what? I I have uh, thick shoulders or whatever that expression is for criticism. You make fun of me for not being a rock paper scissors aficionado. I'll come right back at you. Wait, you don't know the rules of rock paper scissors? We taught him rock paper scissors like four days ago. Yeah, I was not uh, really into that. He he was aware that there was a game called rock paper scissors, but we had to explain to him how it was played and and which things beat which. Yeah, that's a screwball uh, system that somebody invented. Do you did you retain any of that, Dad? What beats what in rock paper scissors? Well, I I did retain it, but I object to it. I don't acknowledge it. Quick example. Quick Tell example. Me. You tell me that paper beats a rock and there's no logic to that whatsoever. If I give you a sheet of notebook of paper. It wraps it up. Yeah, you, I just wrap up your rock. Now I'll, what are you I'll do? throw that rock right through your paper. Yeah, but the, the, Im, the impact. The rock's by itself. No, the, the rock's by itself. It, somebody's got to throw the impact it. Is, <laughs> the impact is deadened by my protective piece of paper. That is true. But without the human, a rock is not a lot without a human. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Okay, what's a paper doing by itself? It's just a thing. <laughs> it has its respect. You know what it does? Paper does all, <laughs> all it's good for is giving you a paper cut. That's all paper's good for. We don't even use paper anymore. You, you, you write for a newspaper. I, I'm not writing longhand on a sheet of notebook paper. You still had a deadline. You had a deadline the other day. I'm still getting the ink on my fingers, you know? <laughs> I did have a deadline, yeah. You know, can I ask can I ask you a question, Cody? Yeah. I'm I'm curious for both of you because you guys have, have been at this show uh for a long time and you've you've seen it grow into this like behemoth with a crazy fan base to the point where like Leverage always used to talk about you don't leave ESPN and give up a platform to doing that exact thing, right? Because of yeah. how devoted your fan base is. And, you know, I truly cannot believe as someone who used to listen to the lo local show, not because it wasn't great, but I would have never imagined 10 years ago, 11 years ago that it, it becoming this. It is crazy. Um, 
what's it like serving this now that it's a it's still a specific audience but it's so much bigger than it's ever been i'm just curious what it's like to how how you guys feel the responsibilities have changed going from what it used to be to what it is now well it's like you know as you know somebody low on the totem pole is it good to be you want to be high on a totem pole or low anyways I'm, (laughs) i'm low on i'm low in the pecking order and but to me it's basically like it's it's a balance right because you want to like serve your diehard audience, but you also want to like, you know, do things outside of the box and like expand the audience. So it's like, it's, it's been, uh, you know, luckily I can just kind of spackle on the content. Like Dan's the one that's like, I got to drive this conversation, but it's definitely a challenge. Cause like you know, our diehard fans, like, you know, you add people to the show and like mm. you add me to the show, even from what it used to be like, you know, the show's evolved over the years. So it's, you know, the core, the diehard has definitely diehard stuck with us, but it's dad. What would you, what's your perception of all that? Levitard had a fan event a couple of weeks ago that, uh, in, in fact, we played a snippet from it in the previous podcast and, and going to a Levitard show fan event is unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life because those fans are, are such devotees of the show and everything about the show that they make us feel like rock stars. You know, they they wait. There should never be a line of 50 people waiting to take a picture with it's me. Crazy. <laughs> and it happens at this it's event. It's just insane. And they are so thrilled to meet us. Um, you know, it, it's just it's a mind blower. And I never get used to it uh, because I'm I'm a columnist. I don't I'm not used to being recognized. Uh, my sig in the paper is the size of a postage stamp. Nobody, you know, but but what, because of the Levitard show, it's like crazy. It's insane. No, I mean, listen, you guys have earned it. I, it's I've never been in Florida for a Moss Miami event. And it's like it's high on my list. Um, that's great. I think that's so cool. I mean, listen, I, I was one of those fans like way back in the day like it's funny i i just you know as a function of like work and you know I, I don't get to listen to the show as often anymore but it's like if you miss a couple episodes you miss so many inside yeah. jokes and that's <laughs> such a beautiful yeah. part of what you guys have cultivated is the show has its own language it has its own vocabulary and like i feel like everyone gets to be such a part of it which is very cool yeah that the, the whole thing you're talking about there's there's a linear quality to the show uh, where you're right. If you if you miss a chunk, you, you feel like you've missed something. And it's embodied in the mm. phrase, you don't get the show. You're you're yeah. either in on it and part of that family or you're not, which is terrific. Um, Rohan, we're going to let you go. Really appreciate uh, catching up with you. And, and you said you're going to be in town a couple of weeks. Let's get together for sure. Absolutely. This this uh, did we even record a podcast yet? Like I feel like we've just been catching up this whole time. <laughs> That's all it is. That's how we roll around here, baby. <laughs> Always recording. That's right. It's pain. <laughs> it's painless that way. That way, I'm not firing questions. Rat at that set. We still haven't introduced you. <laughs> They'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let people guess. Guess who yeah. has been the guest <laughs> on this show without naming them once. That'll be that'll be an experiment. No, seriously. Thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, that was a lot of fun with Rohan Nadkarni, uh, my young old friend. And um, I, I cannot believe that he didn't ever like cigars and was just trying to, you know, get his foot in the door with the yeah. high ups. I want Greg Cody to think I'm cool. <laughs> I'm so desperate to hang out with Greg Cody that I will pretend that I like cigars. That is, I mean, you're an impressive guy, I guess. You know what? I, I didn't know it back then because he faked it well. It's not like he was puffing a cigar and like hacking and coughing like an amateur. 
yeah. he faked it well. So I love the idea of Greg being like the older guy around the neighborhood or around the Herald that like gets all the kids that like offers them their, <laughs> their first cigarette or, or right. their first, you know, first look at a nudie magazine or something yeah, like that. Right. <laughs> what, what bad habit did you turn Dave Hyde to the first time you met him? Um, I corrupt everyone I meet. That's the problem with me uh, or the benefit to me, depending on your point of view. But uh, uh, Rohan Nadkarni, the Prince of Mumbai, that was just a fantastic uh, reacquainting with him, a conversation. I really enjoyed that. Why is my voice crazy right now? It sounds terrible in my ear. And you did so much good talking with Rohan that you're like tapped out. You're just like, I got nothing left. I think that's it. I think that's exactly right. You know what? We can't. uh, Have you drank any water today? You sound like a man that hasn't had any water today. Um, I sound like a man in a desert who's parched. And uh, and dying of thirst. No, uh, I haven't. Other than when I took my pills this morning. There you go. But um, I, I want to say before we get out of this podcast that uh, I have to take a victory lap with Tua. I know we mentioned the Dolphins a little bit earlier, their big Thursday win. I just have to take a victory lap because the whole thing could blow up on me. I have no idea if he's going to turn out to be a great quarterback. But right now it looks like Greg Cody is 100% right in backing Tua and saying it's way too early to give up on this guy. He comes off the bench. Greg Cody was right. He's better than Jacoby Brissett. Damn one right week, one week after padding it and, and trying to step away from Tua, trying to distance himself. Yeah, you were looking for an exit ramp last week. No, the exit ramp was injuries. Tua proved that when he's healthy, and he wasn't even healthy. He wasn't even healthy. Right. Wow, Dad. I mean, that, this is the saddest victory lap I've ever seen. <laughs> Jim Leland took a victory lap after guiding the 1997 Marlins to a World Series victory. Right. Okay, victory victory laps are not had after beating the Ravens on Thursday Night Football. Right. Okay, this yeah. is a this is a, a like a far too early victory lap for you. Jim Leland, by the way, the uh, the last active manager in Major League Baseball to smoke cigarettes during a game and he still sounds better than you do <laughs> he does i feel i i sound like i've been smoking uh three packs a day for the last two days uh, my voice just sounds terrible i hope you sounded better on the sideline of this thursday night game are you going to tell the we have hard knocks coming up right here are you going to oh tell God. the audience like you know what you were able to do don't give it too much away because you know the episode speaks for itself right. but it was pretty cool okay i will just say the uh, greg's lobos are balling the jack Toward the ship. I'll just say that. What does that mean? But um, listen, we had a fantastic hard knocks. I was on the sideline at Hard Rock Stadium cheering on L Jack and, um, you know, Harbaugh and I get into a little bit of a beef, but we'll just listen to it because it's worth hearing. You think that being Greg Cody, you'd just be able to be on the sideline. So you needed L Jack to get you onto the <laughs> sideline, huh? Oh, yeah. Normally I'm confined to the press box uh, during the game. The sideline is sacrosanct you know unless you're part of the team party or part of the uh, network covering (laughs) or a fantasy owner (laughs) or or a fantasy owner (laughs) a phoner with the um you know the the blessing of of uh of l jack then i was on there but uh i'm gonna sell you out you were on the uh as you'll hear in this episode of hard knocks you were on the ravens sideline yeah that's true i know not very fair that made me feel a little guilty yeah it's not very journalistic of you I know it made me feel guilty, but I had my owner's hat on. I'm there right, as uh, the Lobo's owner. So, so let's throw it to Hard Knocks right here. Why don't you get some water? And on the way back, you're going to sound a little better. Sounds great. Hard Rock Stadium. 
Thursday, November 11th. Faced with a clear conflict of interest, Greg must choose between fantasy and reality as his hometown Dolphins are pitted against Greg's Lobo's star player, Lamar Jackson. All right, this is really strange. It's Thursday evening at Hard Rock Stadium, and uh, I'm wearing two hats tonight. Obviously, I'm here with the Miami Herald to write a column on the Dolphins-Ravens game, but uh, right now I got my owner's hat on. I am here as the owner, CEO, head coach, and director of football operations for Greg's Lobos, and um, Jack, my quarterback, Lamar Jackson, uh, got me a sideline pass, and I tell you, the game hadn't started yet. It's it's close, but uh, I am really have high hopes today for L Jack against this Dolphins defense. I hope no Miami fans are hearing me right now, but um, I think I think uh, Lamar could ring up 40, and I mean points on the scoreboard, and I mean points for the Bows. Okay, I'm looking for a huge game tonight. Running and passing, it's going to be delightful. Um, anyway, let's see how it goes, but I'm excited, man. Okay, here we go. Let's, let's strap it up. All right, it's early in the third quarter now. To say I'm pissed, it's crazy. I don't know if Lamar's got 10 points yet. It's insane. Uh, they're getting their ass kicked. They're not protecting him. L. Jack's running for his life back there. He's, he's, it's like having five broken condoms out there trying to protect them. It's absolutely ridiculous. But um, I gotta. Let me get. Harbaugh! Harbaugh! Air it out, man! Jesus Christ. <sighs> Wait a minute. Hang on. Security guard coming. Coming at me. Hang on a second. Sir, you're gonna have to step away from the uh, sideline yeah. immediately. Okay. I'm sorry. I won't, I won't yell at the head coach anymore. Thank you. It's just that Lamar Jackson's not Sir, even... Sir, you can walk away on your own or with my shoe up your ass, and I'll leave that choice up to you. All right, I get it. I'll tell you one thing right now. Heads at Lobo's headquarters are going to be rolling Monday morning if I get the same performance Sunday that I just got from Lamar. Uh, I love El Jack like a son, but we can't have this. This is a high-rolling season. We're bound for the playoffs. We want to captain that ship. And I mean that championship. And we can't put up with a 14-point performance from our QB1. Ed's may be rolling. How do I sound any better? Oh, God. <laughs> it no. might be worse. It's Even terrible. Worse. Spit all the water out. Spit it all out. It just proves water is not the panacea. Okay? I mean, I am what I am. It just proves you It proves you need a doctor. Uh, doctor my eyes. Jackson Brown. He did not play that song at that. We saw your wife. Your wife. My wife, your mother, and I saw James Taylor and Jackson Brown in concert. And he did not Wait, play. Was this last, was this, we're recording this on Sunday. Is it was this Saturday night? 
I uh, can't even remember. It was earlier in the week. Yeah. It was earlier in the week. Yeah, it was like midweek. Okay, I was thinking that that's what your vo- what your voice was doing right now. Like you just were after a late night, maybe. No, I, I don't have that excuse. This is my natural voice. But shout out to JT and Jay Brown. It was a fantastic concert. Uh, really good. Kick the ass of the monkeys. I mean, it was just fantastic. <laughs> well, I'd hope so. What's the age demo there? Like, are you right in the middle? Are you a young whippersnapper there? What's the deal? I would say I'm, I'm right in the middle. It's uh, the, the demographic is old and white, old versus white <laughs> to see uh, the king of that demographic. Yeah, because James Taylor is like 76, 77 now, something like that. I think so. Yeah. yeah. His voice is still great, though. He's great live. We've seen him before. I had never seen Jackson Brown before, so that was kind of cool. And Jackson Brown, not a lot of people know, he wrote a lot of the Eagles hits way back in the day, including, uh, um, uh, what's, it, what's it called? Shit. Cut this out. Um, <laughs> not doing it. So this was like, was this like a, a play? Was this like a lawn type of concert or was this like seating? Was there like, you know, what, what kind of concert was this? No, it was indoor. It was a regular uh, concert. So what's your strategy? On- uh, Take it easy, by the way, was a song. Winslow, Arizona. So what's your strategy on like standing versus sitting? Or do you stand for the hits? Like, do you care if people stand in front of you? Like what's, you know what? I don't want to be told when to stand. It's the same way at the football game where you see the guy going like this and raising his arms like just because he's standing, everybody else should stand at a concert. I'm a stand when I want to stand. Don't exhort me to stand. If the song, if the concert moves me, I'm going to stand, wiggle my hips. But if it, if not, I'm going to sit. OK, but what about if the person in front of you happens to be just one of the entire con- they're just one of the people that wants to stand the entire time? Are you cool with that? Uh, not really. No, I'm not. <laughs> so it's just stand whenever Greg Cody wants to stand. But the person in front of me needs to stand when I want them to stand. Well, see, I'm a, a polite person. Oh, God. OK, like I'm not the person who leans back uh, in, in the airline seat and I'm not the person who stands if I'm the only one standing. Now, if the people in right in the row behind me are standing, I feel sanctioned to then stand. But you just said five seconds before this that I'm going to stand when I want to stand. Yeah, but but politely. Uh, I'm, I'm not going uh, <laughs> to ruin anyone else's experience. Like we had somebody at the, con- at the James Taylor concert the other night. Uh, we had one of these people, I think it was two couples on a double date or something, totally chatty during the concert, like constantly talking to each other over songs you know, and, and it's just very annoying because I'm like looking over my shoulder, trying to give him the evil eye <laughs> and all that stuff. So didn't work. What does that look like? What does that evil eye look like? Just kind of like a you like you're squinting. It's just like the, the long glance. Evil yeah. eye the camera right now. <laughs> <laughs> Except I'm not smiling. <laughs> oh, man. No, that was fun, though. It was a great concert. Um, all right, let's get out of here. You have to go to sleep. We are going to get out. Of, I, I got to make a meal is what I got to do. Hey, um, thank you for Rohan, not Carney. That was great. And uh, thanks, as always, mostly to uh, our podcast family. You all listening every week really thrills me, gratifies me. Keep doing it. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Once again, Greg Cody has failed to recognize Jessica Smetana. Oh, yeah. And others. <laughs> I, for- I, for- I totally forgot she photobombed, uh, pod-bombed, or yeah. telecast and others that joined the show this week.